guys. Welcome back to the JLR Equestrian Podcast with your host, Jordan. And today I have a super exciting guest with here with us here today, and her name is Hallie Widlack. So welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We're in real time this time, not at the horse show, so it's like you can actually hear us this time. So that'll be good. Yeah, maybe we won't be um, like giggling the whole time. I don't think I kept a straight face that first time, so this is probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. We'll get through it, and it'll be great, and everyone will love it, so it's great. Alrighty, Hallie, so I know I where you're from. <laughs> I know where you're from and everything, but do you want to tell our listeners where you're from and where you're located? I'm in Grass Lake, Michigan, which is close to Ann Arbor. I work at U of M, um, so go blue. Awesome, and do you have your own farm, right? Correct? I did, I do, I do, yes. Um, we, we bought it like five years ago. It's my dream farm. I work on it every day. I'm constantly staining things. I'm constantly building things. Um, but I I always make time to ride. So I never want to be that person that's like never riding and just like taking care of their farm. So I'm really careful to always make time to ride. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So we know where you're located now. Can you kind of tell us, take us back and talk to us about how you got into horses and riding and eventing? I was a teeny tiny little baby and my mom would put me in the stroller and push me down our dirt road in Plymouth, Michigan and take me to see the ponies where we would give them carrots. Little did I know we were going, we kept going to... My neighbor, Joanne Normile, who founded Cantor, and um, that's how I got into riding and eventing was Joanne Normile. Um, you can read all about her in her book, Saving Baby, and she lost one of her racehorses because of like uh, bad track conditions where it was racing, and that led her to change from racing to eventing and um you know, throughout the years, I kind of like learned to ride at her barn and then made mm -hmm. that transition um, from just like backyard riding to eventing yeah. when she did. Oh, cool. That's awesome. So how long did you ride at her farm mm -hmm. then and with her? I mean, oh, man, um, probably till eighth grade. <laughs> I'd say. Okay. I just kind of like hung out at her barn. Yeah. And then she, yeah, she moved to like get training from a certain person and then I started training with them and um yeah. and my parents moved so that I could be closer okay. to that and it just like snowballed from there as horses yeah so know, right so. so you went from the lady that owned Cantor and then what trainer did you start riding with after after that I worked with Sue Mosner at Paragon Farms in Ann Arbor, and I worked with her for forever. I feel like she is mm -hmm. now a part of me. Like, I just, like, when I ride, I just think of all the things that she taught me over the many, many years, and um, she gave me just amazing base for anything, really. I mean, I don't care what discipline you're doing, horses are horses, so um, it, it was great. That's awesome. Yeah, Sue is pretty pretty awesome she has such a great feel and she just knows exactly what you're feeling when you're riding it's super super awesome riding with her for sure 
Yeah. So you went to college. Can you kind of tell us about your experience in college, where you went, what you studied? Did you do horses? Did you not? Tell us all about college and everything. I went to, yeah, I went to Albion College in Albion, Michigan. So I was close to home, but far enough away where it wasn't like a 20-minute mm-hmm. drive. And I majored in economics and English. Um, And then I was also able to ride six horses a day and be on the dressage team and the hunt seat team. And um, they had a great little equestrian club where we would have like community events. Uh, And I got to work with George Halkett, who was a, a... really fun um he was like the british certification side of Mm -hmm. the horse world and he was just phenomenal just a very different perspective and um tough but we all we all learned a lot and back in the day where there was no staff there was almost no barn when we moved our horses Mm -hmm. and we're the first like class to bring horses to Albion college Mm -hmm. and they made us uh, get there at like 7 a.m. and muck out all the stalls together as like a group and uh, oh before we could like go to class. So, oh man. Was, <laughs> so what made you decide that you wanted to go to college? Well I knew that I didn't want to have a career in the horse industry uh, mm-hmm. I, I had already kind of gotten burnt out on giving lessons and, mm-hmm. um, I just, I just knew I would not enjoy probably riding if I made it a career. So, um, I made sure to yeah get on track and not that you have to go to college. Uh, it's not one or the other, but I did like business and, um, I just thought that having that econ major would would help me in the long run. And I don't know, I probably just needed college to like grow up a little bit too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that does it for a lot of people for sure. So you explained to us yeah. that you did ride while you were in school. You rode quite a lot. Can you kind of tell us how you were able to balance that? Because that's definitely a big hard, difficult thing for those people that really want to be able to go to college, but also be able to ride. So how did you make it happen? A little me, a little of the, probably the equestrian center, they made it like really easy if you were a hard worker to, to ride Mm -hmm. these horses. Um, like not, not, not everyone could, they didn't just let like anybody come Mm -hmm. and ride six horses a day. But if you had the the passion and you made it work, they were, they were going to help you out. But then on the other side, I also just would schedule all my classes either like all in the morning or all in the evening. It, I couldn't mm-hmm. have like any breaks in between classes. Yeah. So I was really particular about um, how I would pick those, those courses depending on what time they were at. So <laughs> that had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. Um, but just time management. I just, be careful. Yeah, for sure. So you said a little bit earlier that you do have a real person job and you work at U of M. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you do for a real person job? 
do. I love, I love them. I love them as like a employer. They have a great um, perspective of like people and like work-life balance and not like burning all their employees out. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm on the development side. So we're raising money for students, for scholarships, um, and working with donors and just teaching, I like to say, we're like teaching people the art of giving. Um, yeah. And in particular, I'm just looking at like budgets and um, like mm-hmm. all the departments within our development community, and like what they need and how we're going to help them and make everything they want to do happen. Um, so I find it fun. I like people. I like numbers. Yeah. It's like a really nice combination of of the two and a go ride. Like I think that's the important yeah. part. Like I really I'm like looking forward to it after using one side of my brain all day. I like need to like go do something that that works the other side in a way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that sounds like a really awesome job. It's really cool to be able to help so many people, I'm sure. That's awesome. <laughs> Alrighty, so you have created the Stock Bubble Stock Tie Company. It's pretty awesome for those who don't know what it is. Can you kind of tell us about Stock Bubble and how the idea of Stock Bubble kind of came about and what it is? I was looking for like my new show outfit, I'll say, like one year. And it was it was in 2016. And I had this realization that you could wear colored pattern things under your coat. And I don't know why that blew my mind so much because I had never at that point seen anybody wear any color ever. Um, So I went on Etsy and I found my dream tie and tried to order it. And it was from the UK, but I didn't care. I was like, I want this. And she wouldn't ship me the color that I wanted. I just wanted like blue. And I was like, I don't care what blue it is. I will take any pattern blue. And it just like, she couldn't do it. And then I looked at my mom and I was like, why don't we just try to make one? (laughs) And so we... We made one that night and it was, it was okay, but they definitely have gotten a lot better since then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at you. You're like, I can't get this top stock tie. I'm just going to make my own. Look at that. So inventive. What is your favorite thing about stock bubble and what you are able to do for people? I love making people's like dreams a reality. I'll get crazy requests of, um, you know, someone's horse is named Butters and they want a tie that has just sticks of butter on a tie and that is just going to make their day. And I find that the most hilarious thing in the world, the fact that I can make that happen and I can, we can like do it pretty quickly. So if you can think of it, they have the fabric and we can make it in probably two weeks. We just need to order the fabric, have it sh- delivered, make the tie and we'll ship it to you. And, um, I just, I think that's so cool. <laughs> that's awesome. That is so cool. So is it just you that makes stock ties or does somebody help you? Do them all myself at this point. I will um, be honest and say when we first started, it was definitely all my mother because I had never sewn anything in my life ever in a million years, like not even horse blankets. I think my dad had sewed all my ripped horse blankets 
and I didn't know how to thread a sewing machine. I didn't know how to change the bobbin, like nothing at all. And so I would just store, get the fabric and be like, let's make a stock tie, mom. But no, really, she's making the whole stock tie. But like eventually I figured it out and I am solely on my own now. I'm a big girl making my own stock ties. I even um, found a new pattern where they can be pre-tied now. So I add like Velcro. You don't even have to learn how to tie the stock tie at all. We'll just like, we literally make a stock tie, tie it, and then sew it in places and put Velcro on it. Like it's an actual tied stock tie, but it's pre-tied. That's (laughs) awesome. That's awesome. That's your (laughs) that's awesome that is super cool so now that you kind of told us a lot about your life and everything let's also go into um the eventing association of michigan you have been helping them quite a lot do you want to tell us what you do for team and kind of your role in that aspect Yeah, I mean, I've been involved in team since the Venting Association of Michigan since I was like 10 years old. And there's banquets, like our main banquet every year. And at the end of that banquet, they always ask for volunteers. And it never really was like a great time for me. I was like either like in college or just start a new job or like, like I had three jobs. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like it's, it's, you always have some Use, right to not volunteer but eventually yeah. I didn't really have any more excuses <laughs> and I'm so glad I did join join team because it really opens your eyes to how much work these shows take and oh, it's yeah. almost all people volunteering their time just so you can like show your horse in three phases at a show I mean um, yeah. I don't know. My appreciation for volunteers has grown exponentially. And um, I think I think it was easier in like past years for team to get um, donations and sponsors before technology. And now yeah. like it's getting hard because companies expect something in return where I I don't think they almost did in the past or at least not as much so I'm trying really hard to like figure out how to have team the eventing association of Michigan able to provide more to potential sponsors in the way of social media or you know banners or whatever I mean we're 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 looking at a lot of different options but because currently we we don't do much, and I and I think mm-hmm. we could because we are a really unique organization. Not every state has their own eventing association; those have mm-hmm. kind of died throughout the years. So um, we gotta like keep the membership like growing with new members that aren't all the same age. Like we need younger people, mm-hmm. and we can get some more. Mm-hmm. younger people involved to keep this sport alive in Michigan. Yeah. I think we've been really fortunate in the state of Michigan, like growing up, cause that's how I've grown up doing all the team events because they're not USDA recognized. They're more affordable and everything and they're smaller. So you can be able to learn a lot more with your horses. So it's really great. 
So what is your like specific role title, I guess you could say, in team then? Are you like head of sponsorships and like the banquet or what would your head title name be? I don't have one and I'm, I'm okay with that because I just love to think of ideas and then like get the ball rolling and, and like other people execute a lot better than I do. But mm-hmm. um, like we have a webmaster, we have a treasurer, we have a president. So um, I just kind of come in and because I haven't been on the board that long, I just ask really like innocently dumb questions that, I, I don't know the answer to, and, um, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. I think it, it's good to have different perspectives and, you know, sometimes it's just, well, we've kind of done it that way because that's how we've always done it. And there's not mm-hmm. really an answer why, and you know, that's fine. But, uh, you know, I just, I just think that, um, you know, younger people is what we, we like, we need to attract a younger crowd, just to get their mm-hmm. fresh perspectives. And I'm almost not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not young enough to be that person. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm just trying to bridge that gap and, and yeah. find those younger people to help us For be sure. more relevant and like do things we don't even know that we need to be doing, you know? So, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a title and I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> No, it sounds like, yeah, you've been really beneficial, though, to the whole board, all your ideas and everything. You've done a great job so far with everything that I've seen that you've done, and it's really awesome. So thank you so much for everything that you do, for sure. Yeah. So have I know the banquet just happened. Did you guys, have you selected a new board for the upcoming year? I believe we took nominations for new okay. board members. Uh, we haven't had a board meeting since then, so if anyone is interested as a team member, we hope um, you reach out and all of our team board meetings are available to like sit in on, they're via Zoom, um, so any team member can do that even if you're not on the board, uh, but uh, I think I personally nominated a couple of people. Like you can just nominate people that haven't nominated themselves. So that was that was fun. So we'll we'll see if they uh, they they want to join or not. But I really hope we get some new people. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. So do you know when the board meeting that they'll select the new board is? Do you have any idea of when that might be? I believe it'll be sometime in January and we always put it on our team website when, when that is. And then I also try to put it on Instagram and Facebook a couple of days before so people can, can plan around it if they're able to attend. So we'll definitely try to get it out there as soon as possible. <laughs> Perfect. So everyone keep your eyes out so that you can go attend that meeting and be a part of team because heck yeah, that would be awesome. I was going to plug one last thing for team. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Kathy Weishoff is coming to look at our Honey Run easement, which is a part of team and that's in the spring. So heads up any team members, make sure you come to that because it's going to be awesome. 
That's super exciting, guys. Definitely, you will want to check that out. Kathy is super awesome. So check that out. Keep your eyes peeled for the dates on that. Okay, Hallie, now we're going to do some fun questions before we wrap things up. So who has been your absolute favorite person to ride with? Out of everyone that you've clinicked with and ridden with over the years, who's been your absolute favorite? I love Waylon Roberts. Um, but, I mean, Sue Mosner gave me everything I have ever wanted to know. Like, she, and, it, and it was even, like, I never could get my diagonals, and she never, like, gave up on me and stuck with it. And thank goodness Aww. I know my diagonals because it's all because of her. I mean, but Waylon brings a new perspective like like different exercises that I would mm -hmm. never have thought of in a million years and then never thought I could even do like and I I love I love that like pushing of the envelope but not like too much where it's mm -hmm. like dangerous but enough where you're like I had no idea I was capable of that um and Jim Graham recently total opposite like I wouldn't say we focus on exercises, but it was like knowledge. I had I had, like just really basic stuff that no one had ever taught me before. That um, I was really glad I did that clinic and learned a lot. So different yeah. different size exercises, really focusing on the basics. Um, I love everybody that I've ever clinicked with, but those would be my top people. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you've ridden a lot of thoroughbreds over the years. What has been your favorite horse that you've ridden? Always my favorite. Like the always my current ones are my favorite. So I'm going to have to okay. say Tron, my current thoroughbred is my favorite. Um, but if you would have <laughs> asked me when I had a different one, I probably would have said that one. But Tron is the perfect amount of crazy, but like not going to kill me, but always keeping me on my toes and I definitely feel like he is always teaching me something, whereas mm -hmm. a lot of other horses maybe you know, you just feel real safe and mm -hmm. maybe they don't push you as much. But like Tron spooks at birds and leaves and imaginary things. And the minute I think he's like packing me around, no, he's he's not ever going to be a packer. So don't you dare get complacent and comfortable. And I kind of like that. Yeah. So you have Tron. <laughs> Who else is at your barn right now? Yeah, I have Galvatron, my thoroughbred. I have Starscream, my pregnant Connemara Oldenburg pony. And I have <laughs> Sunstorm, my two-and-a-half-year-old halflinger, that decided to catapult me off the other day. So we need to go back to some, some job work. Not that I feel like I should be riding him. I don't really ride him. I just was trying to sit on him. So. Oh my goodness. Oh babies. Oh boy. So yeah. as we were talking about thoroughbreds, what's your favorite part about retraining all or just horses in general, training in general. What's your favorite part about that? Of groundwork in a weird, weird way. Like, I feel like if I wasn't an inventor, I'd be like some horsemanship crazy person that didn't even like need a ride. But I, I love those exercises where you're like, they like drawing them to you and like, you like do this little snap snap and they know to like do all these weird, like 
clicker training. I've never really gotten way into it, but I just find that all like very fascinating. I like I like like behavioral exploration, like like get into the horse brain, you know, like I just mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff. I love horsemanship stuff. Like I love learning about different forages and pasture maintenance. Um, I'm not answering your question very well, but I'm just saying uh, I don't know. I like I like all aspects of the training and um, I just love learning. Like every day I just like want to learn yeah. something new to be a better horse person. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of went no. off on a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's awesome. No, that's what we like to hear. I love that. That's a great answer. Because you never know. Like everybody likes something different with horses and the knowledge aspect is a huge thing and it's great that you always want to learn more because there's always something more to learn for sure with horses. Alrighty. So there I is. like, yes, I just found out I was not soaking my beets long enough. Sorry. Oh boy. You got to soak them long. They take forever. Oh man. You got to soak them 12 hours or the middle might not be soaked. So watch out. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, boy. Okay. So I like to get advice for the young riders out in the sport of eventing or any kind of equestrian sport. And whether it be like if they should go to college or just looking ahead at their life and riding, what would be like your advice for young riders in the equestrian world? I would say... College is not mandatory. Like this, in this world we live in, my goodness, you could just be like a social social media influencer and make billions. Like you don't need to go to college, but figure mm-hmm. out what you like to do. And, and it, it's like, it doesn't have to be just horses, but it can be equestrian related, but but give yourself options. I think the biggest thing you, you can do in your life that is not good is to pin yourself in a corner and then you find out in 10 years you're miserable and you have no other options. So, Mm -hmm. so whatever you do, whether you go all into horses or you get a different career, but like have it on the side, doesn't matter. But like, like make sure you're like looking at the big picture and, and making sure that you're like mentally happy and like, don't, don't do something just because it's your only option. It's not, you are never too old to like change your career, you know, like it Mm -hmm. do what you need to do to love what you do every day and just be happy. And I get like, you need to make money. I'm not saying like, just float around the world and like ride every day, but like, like just, just don't pin yourself in a corner, like give yourself some options. And for me, that was college. Like college gave me options. I could Mm -hmm. just do horses. I could get a job, like whatever you want. Like, but that's not Mm -hmm. for everybody. And it doesn't have to be for everybody, but just keep that in mind. Like don't, who you are today might not be who you are in 10 years. So just take that into account and do things that, that make you happy. I don't know. I just really think that people should be happy. Like, I don't think there's any reason not to be. There's so many different careers in this world and you just, you know, like, I just think everyone can find one that, that they enjoy. I don't know. That's really great advice. Thank you so much. That's like really great. Like, I think some people forget that, like, you're not 
probably going to be the same thing. You're not going to like every single thing now that you like now is probably not going to be exactly what you like in 10 years. So that's something to keep in mind all the time. Well, thank you for that advice. That was really great. So before you leave us today, do you want to give any shout outs to anybody that supported you over the years or any companies that you're working with? Um, I like to say hi to Cecilia Lumberg in Germany. I love that she makes time for me when she comes here on holidays and keeps me sane. Thank you, Jordan, for getting me on my pony on my birthday. That was the best birthday present ever. And I loved every minute of it. Thank you, Sue, for making me the rider that I am. Um, and I don't know, just... I love Instagram and Facebook so much because I like meet so many people and I will never meet them in real life. But I just, I love that. I feel like I'm a part of like, like the mm -hmm. equestrian community in, uh, we'll say like Florida, you know, like I have so many friends in Florida, but I'm mm -hmm. never going to meet them. But I just love that. I like follow them and feel like I am a part of that little equestrian group. Okay. So thank you to everybody that just, like, 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 I don't know if you're pretending, but like kind of is my friend and makes me feel like, like stack bubble and just riding in general is, I mean, I don't know. It's like, sometimes it's so cold in here, here in Michigan. I only ride just because I'm going to post that I rode, you know, like, and that's sad, but true. Like I'm going to post the people that I rode today and I hope they like it because I froze my butt off and I can't feel any part of my body. Like, it's, it's sometimes it's my motivation. So thank you to everybody that keeps me going. I don't know. <laughs> Aww, that's awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight. I'm really glad that we were able to make this happen again. And thank you for sharing all your wise and awesome advice. And I really hope my listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. So thank you so much. Thanks for doing this podcast, Jordan. You're amazing. I love you.